0: On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. That it is. I'm Austin Norman. More importantly, he's the nine year NBA vet, Eric Strickland, in the city that loves him. Doing business, businessman, Detail. professional.
1: Detail? Yes, sir. But I do love, I still love uh, Lincoln and Omaha. And, well, Bellevue too, you know, Bellevue is my, <laughs> is my baby, but I do, um, I do love it. And, um, just got contact with, um, my business partner, friend. So I'm, I'm blessed, man. Listen, I have, I have a couple companies here, <clears throat> you know, one you know about with Cerebro. There's another one that's out in South Lake. <clears throat> so there are times when I like to come and just meet with them, man. I mean, you know, come and sit down and kind of see how things are going and what's going on with them. And and um, one is a brain, brain. They do like brain. Um, like if you have an EKG of the heart, they do EEGs of the brain. So it's mm-hmm. it, it's pretty cool, man. And, and uh, get a chance to catch up with fam too because my mom and sister are here. So it's 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 a it's a always a dual uh, trip for me, family and and sometimes business and fun. So yeah, it's blessed. I love having you in
0: studio, but I know a lot of people love strict too. So I got to share. I get it. I understand business is about relationships, so you're fostering those as well. Um, speaking of relationships, appreciate the great one we have with Mary Ellen's, Charles and his crew. Uh, they're back open today through the weekend. They do great work, bring great food. Definitely check them out at some point this weekend. Sit on their patio, too. I mean, it's great Man, inside. It's closer spy. to the buffet. But strict this weekend you got your, you got your 80 degree weather, you got the sun, some breeze, you sit outside, eat your
1: Mary Ellen's this weekend. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I I, I know you got a chance to uh, sit back and relax when we were out at uh, Cedars and they came in and brought 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 the van out, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, they do all of that too, man. They cater, they'll bring the food to you in your event that you may be doing. There's a lot of events that are are popping off and, and popping up throughout this summer. Um, obviously, you're going to have the College World Series. If you got an event going on, Mary Ellis is the place to be. Shout out to Charles and the group, 27th and Pine Lake. Shoot out there. have a, a Say hello and let them know that always on the block sent you. Absolutely. Well, what's the place to be for Colorado, the Pac-12
0: or the Big 12? Obviously, Colorado made the jump uh, to the West Coast. Uh, to join the Pac-12, same time Nebraska left for the Big Ten. But uh, new reporting from CBS Sports is saying that over the last few months, not just picking up again, but over the last few months, Colorado and the Big 12 have met face-to-face. They're involved in consistent talks. And that doesn't necessarily surprise me, Strick, because of the TV deal for the Pac-12. Larry Scott mm-hmm. didn't put them in a great position when he came in as commissioner. Um. It's one thing for the NBA to have a mediocre TV deal, but those teams make enough, you know, with with tickets and just general branding on social media. The Pac-12 has been falling behind the pack for a long, long time. It's almost more crippling to me that the Pac-12 doesn't have a new TV deal than the NBA's so-so one right now. What do you make of Colorado having those talks with the Big 12 and what it means for their future?
1: <sighs> well, let's just first and foremost say that A lot of people were disturbed and distraught about the leaving, uh, the exiting of UCLA as well as USC to go to the Big Ten. So there was a lot of speculation. There was a lot of talk. And there's talking about realignment, also possibly partnering up. And then there's talk of what it would mean for others to bounce and make exit and go uh, somewhere else as well. So the Pac-12, a lot of people are kind of keeping their eye on it. Right now, the the money for the Pac-12 is very, very low, like you just said. Mm. And Big 12 is trying to figure out a way to put together a a nice grouping of of talent as well as uh, programs and organizations in order to be still viable. Mm. Knowing that they probably won't overtake the Big Ten, knowing that they probably definitely won't overtake the SEC, but they kind of want to... They want to fill that void because out east on the ACC side of things, there's looking to be some poaching going on there as well. There's there's a lot of conversations, a lot of talk. Obviously, some people still go back and rely on the conversations that was had with Bobby Bowden and FSU uh, when, they were, when they were having discussions with the SEC at that time. There's there's one, one side of the group says that Bobby Bowden and the group turned the SEC down. And then there's another part of the faction that says that, uh, Bobby Bowden, they they decided to pass on them and move on to south carolina so there they, you have those factions going on but at the same time they have a crazy deal that i think takes them out another like almost 10 12 years 36 or so or more. yeah 36 right so so at that point they're they're locked in stock i mean I think it's like 100 and something million dollars in order to exit out of those those deals So they're there, but they're still not where they want to be. There's not a sweet spot for them. Some people are looking to make exit and and there's looking to be some poaching done. And do they want to take that and and either forego or get back or come up with some solutions in order to do that? So we look back out this other side of things on the packs, it's looking like it might fall flat on its face. And so a lot of teams are kind of eyeing, kind of watching, kind of peeping in the door Peeping in the window, trying to see whether or not this is going to happen, and there's a lot of discussions that are going down in those in, in those areas, having to try to come up with some solutions, possibly to bring bring those groups together. What type of groupings would be a great fit? Now we know the Big Twelve is moving out as far as Florida, but they just haven't gone the other side as far as probably the um, you know the mountain, the you know the the, mm-hmm. the 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 Rocky Mountains. They haven't too much extended. I think. Well, they have BYU State, coming in. San Diego State, I think, is one that, that they're, they're looking at as well. So, yeah. Say what now? Well, BYU's coming into the Big 12. So, yeah, so they're still yeah. in the Rockies. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm yeah. saying they're not, not as far as the Rockies. True. You know? mm-hmm. The Rockies has been the barrier at this point. Nothing really has extended out past that. And I think there there's some conversations that talk about San Diego State. If, if, if not, unless I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I know that's, that's the conversation that they're having.
0: Would San Diego State prefer the Pac-12 or the Big 12? That's my question.
1: Um, I think it would be a better fit for them for the Pac-12. But then again, they're, they're, that's the thing. I mean, you, you don't know what you're partnering up with, right? It's right. kind of like going into a house. Let, let's, let's, let's look at the analogy of this. It's like you're moving to a new state, to a new city. You go and you find a nice house for your family to transition in. You're not ready to buy yet, but you need, you know, this is a great transition spot for you. You get into the house, you sign all the documents, all the paperwork, money's ready and good to go. You move in. And after you move in, you find out that the house is foreclosed on. (laughs) Right? Yeah, straight (laughs) up. So you're living in a, you're living. All that you put up, all the moving, all the expenses, everything that you've done to get into this specific house, you find out it's foreclosed on. So um, those are some of the things that probably people are just keeping an eye on. Can they sustain it? I know Washington and Oregon are kind of, kind of, you know, uh, looking for the exit as well at some point, because I just don't think the money has been good enough. And they're feeling that they're behind the eight ball and they're behind the curve as far as how other, um, structured uh conferences are going right now we know
0: that the conversation is about oregon and washington and what does that mean then you know for their in-state schools as well with oregon state and with washington state what happens with cal and stanford two old you know proud academic universities very good all,
1: academic schools
0: yeah all, all good conversations to have but starter human text line 402-464-5685 let us know is colorado a better fit in the pac-12 or are they better in the Big 12? Of course, they're one of those legacy members, Big 7, Big 8, uh, Big 12. Do so they fit better there? Or are they better out West? Uh, text line let us know. I want to throw this to you, though, too, Strick, on the Colorado Conversation. That same CBS Sports article uh, said, quote, it was made clear that a move to the Big 12 would not be made without the support of football coach Dion Sanders. That, to me, takes me back to what you said about Bobby Bouton. Did he, did he not, you know, nix the move to the SEC, it's crazy to me that a coach could hold up a move to a different conference. To me, yeah, sure, you get the coach's input, but that's above his pay grade. Even if it's Dion, you can find another coach. Finding a, your you know long term conference with that many millions of dollars at stakes, that to me shouldn't require the head coach's blessing.
1: Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you, and and I, I so then it comes down to this for me if if I'm looking at it. I know that Dion is a tremendous competitor. I know that he loves to win. I know that he wants to win. He wants to be the best at what he's doing. And and in and, and, and the comp- competitive space and going up against the best, right? But at the same time, if I'm him, I'm looking at two things. Is this really a long-term play for me? I personally think that anytime I'm in a space where I can win and I can draw the types of players that would help me to win. I believe in the long-term strategy of staying somewhere. <laughs> and it's not always about the Mel Tucker type of money because that can be short-lived. I'm about that long. It, like if Mel Tucker's making nine, I'll make five, six, but I want to make five, six for the next 20 years, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? I want to mm-hmm. be there. You know, Kirk parents type. <laughs> I, I want the long-term deal. So I want to be the dominant figure in my zone. I don't care about all that other, the accolades, all the, yeah. You can be the coach of the year. You can do this. But I'm going I'm to win 10 games every year. I'm going to put myself in a position. If we pop one and we break through and win all 12, then you got to talk about it. We've got expansion playoffs. I'm thinking about how can I get into the playoffs, put my name in the hat, and see what it do. And at the at the same time, my contract of five goes to fifteen. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do, right? So, um, if if that's the case, then if I'm Dion, I stay Pac-12. In a fizzling, tough to compete. Yes, they got nil. I might stay there. I don't. I, I with the change of now Texas. In Oklahoma, I might be open to a discussion because now I'm just looking at Utah. I'm, I'm looking at TCU. And I believe if I'm Colorado, those places I can compete against and compete for a Big 12 championship. You know, mm-hmm. you've got Houston. You know, you, you've got other places, Cincinnati. you got all these. But I think I could compete against them. So to me, it's just wherever the best fit for where we can get the best bang for our buck and I can compete to put myself in a position to win and longevity of myself being a coach for a long time.
0: That's a conversation we're definitely going to have as we get to the fall, but I want to have it right now too. Who's the best football program in the big 12 once Texas and Oklahoma leave? Is it Oklahoma state?
1: Is it, is it TCU? You, 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 you <laughs> that's the crazy thing, right? I, I, I think you would probably have to, um, I, I think you still got, don't, don't count Utah out. I, I, is something about Utah uh, – oh, they're Pac-12. Yeah, they're
0: Trippin'. still Pac-12, yeah.
1: tripping. Yeah, they're <laughs> Pac-12. So, no, um, I'm looking at – yeah, I'm looking at TCU-Okie State. I'm looking at TCU-Okie State. You might have every now and then – I just it's going to depend on coaching. Cincinnati may pop up. UCF may pop up. Um, but Houston may pop up. But for the most part, I think your mainstays are probably going to be TCU and Okie State
0: which is wild to think about. Those have been programs that have, you know, been in the top 10, been in the top five in the last, you know, 15 years for TCU. was just, you know, last season, not a lot of historical staying power. There's really not. I mean, Kansas State, we know what they were, you know, even, you know, Bill Snyder had him up for a little bit. They were really down before that, back down under, you know, Ron Prince before Snyder came back and then, you know, Clyman's in there. Kansas had its best season in, you know, 16 years, made a bowl game. Um, Baylor, up and down. Still don't know what that program is under Dave Aranda. UCF, uh, Houston, BYU, Cincinnati. This is their first taste, you know, long-term of playing with the big boys. Texas Tech, does that scare you? No. West Virginia? Ah, Not really. Not really. Mm, Iowa Iowa State? No. Up and down. It's it's got to be TCU or Oklahoma State, which is good for those programs. I, I think Sonny Dykes is good. I think Mike Gundy is very close to wearing out his welcome at Oklahoma state though. I think that's a program that's almost in need of a new voice. So there's change on the horizon in the big 12 someone's going to step up and run that conference at some point, because that always happens. You don't go that long without a dominant team in a conference, regardless of how big or small it is.
1: Well said, Austin. And, and, and I, I look at it also from this, from this standpoint too, is if I'm, if, I've, I've pretty much unearthed everything in Colorado, right? I've pretty much taken everything like the Vancouver Grizzlies did in the middle of the night when I was playing there. And the next thing you knew, they're in Memphis, right? In the middle of the night, big, big trucks. I don't even, still don't know how they pulled that off without, without any visuals on that happening. But hey, they did it. So um, if, I'm, if, if I'm thinking about this right, I'm Colorado. I'm looking to dominate the scene of an inst- unstable Pac-12, mm-hmm. right? Make noise, put my bid in, and then kind of see where we fit there, what changes are going to be made, what potential additions are going to be made. Is there is there a TV deal that can get done that can put us... Now, then I start weighing that, and then I start kind of you know, peeking over and seeing what's going on in Big 12. What happened last year? Who's good to step up? Kansas State. Oh, that's another one to keep an eye on Kansas State got something going down there in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I'm weighing my my uh you know my scales and trying to make a determination as to what's going to be the best move to go over here because the money's getting getting a little bit more right in Big 12 than it is in Pac Pac 12. So that's something to consider. That it
0: is. Uh, While we're on the subject of Colorado, let's bring it back home a little bit. Uh, The Nebraska football schedule was released today. Nebraska, Colorado will be the big noon kickoff game uh, there in, I suppose it's technically week one, since Nebraska is playing that week zero game against Minnesota. So Nebraska, Colorado, uh, that 11 o'clock central kickoff on Fox. Uh, They'll play Minnesota at six or seven at night on Fox. Again, um, that Thursday game at the end of August. Strick, Let's finish the segment with this. This Nebraska-Colorado game I know has had people talking for a long time. Two new coaches, you know, longtime rivals, back to the Big Eight. I get all of that. I still struggle to think that this is one of the most important games on Nebraska's schedule. It's game two. Both places have new coaches, a lot of, you know, roster turnover, obviously coaching staff turnover, and it's a non-conference game. So I get the conversation around it. I don't think it's as important as the amount of chatter it's getting. Where do you fall with that?
1: Well, I, I think it starts with this. I, I, I think when you have a, your a new program, you're looking to uh, set a foundation, establish yourself um, for what your program is going to be. The challenges that they meet on these first two games, and we're not just only talking about, we're talking about Minnesota. Mm-hmm. PJ Fleck has had Nebraska's, like number, he's one of the ones. Iowa was one. He's one. Doggone it, Belama is, is jumping out <laughs> there right now. It's about to jump <sighs> into that same category, which is crazy to me. Um, uh, So when you think about that, these two challenges—you got to go on the road for both on of them a Thursday night mm-hmm. against a, a Minnesota team that we're still trying to figure out what they're go- what they're what they're new revamping is going to be with some of their losses and then you got to go to Colorado with a lot of unknowns there you know you got they've got a lot of five star four star talent they basically unearth everything they're starting afresh can he in such a short period of time with only a fall practice sessions mostly in and some of these these camps can he pull it all together and get a united front that early in the season. So it's going to depend on which program has been able to establish themselves and their, their, the character of the program as well as what they're going to be quicker. Is it going to be rule? Is it going to be Dion or is talent going to just set in and, and, and take the day? So we're going to, we're going to see what that's going to be. That's going to be very telling for what Nebraska season is going to be like, because it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> no. You've got cupcakes but potential pop use in Louisiana tech and Northern Illinois, because Northern Illinois, um, they've kind of been up and down, but they have capabilities of clipping people um, in, in their past. Then you've got to face Michigan, Whew. right? You come back home and face Michigan. Then you go on to Illinois on the road. Who's been, been popping. You come home to a, a game. You should win. Uh, uh Purdue, you don't know what's going on because of the loss of Aiden O'Connell and just what what's all going to happen there. You just don't know what's going on. You got to go to Michigan State, come home against Baby Tua, hit the road to Wisconsin and then you get home and I, that's, I mean, we thought it was going to be an easy schedule. This is not easy by any means because of the trips that they have on the road that they're going to have to face and unless they become a unified front, a unified group that can hit the road and handle business, <sighs> you could be looking at another, you know, five and seven potential season, a four, four and eight, you know, you could be looking at that. So that that's going to be the scary thing to keep an eye on. It's on the table. And like
0: you said, the the week one against Minnesota, week zero, first game against Minnesota, and then on the road again, at Colorado, there's a lot to be, be gleaned from those first couple games. And yeah, you need a little bit of a ramp up period, but at the same time hit the ground running, you know, prove some people wrong, get out to a quick start, Show that there's more in there than maybe some people are thinking, and then we'll see what the back half of that schedule looks like after that. All right, NBA headlines. Let's get into those next. Bob Myers officially out uh, as the Warriors GM. Where do they go? What does that mean? And some coaching news in the NBA as well. We'll talk about that and more as we continue here on the block.